DJ and PK, time to talk a little basketball right now with Mike Scotto, covers the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA for the Athletic. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Mike, I'm uh, curious, like a lot of people right now, uh, about some of the uh, jazz guys who have uh, played a little bit for the Nets, and you've got a little backstory on some of them, and uh, that's fascinating to us, but I'm wondering, and it's got everyone here fired up with the Conley deal and, and Bogdanovich and all that, but can it compare to what's going on in Brooklyn right now? Is New York going crazy over the Nets, or is it New York and they're, they're too, too cool for school and they're, they're going to take a wait-and-see approach to the Nets, especially with Durant coming back? I would say that um, there is definitely a palpable buzz and excitement in Brooklyn that, you know, hasn't been seen in years. I mean, when, when I would say this, when they got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, there was certainly a buzz and an excitement, but they were aging superstars and the window to compete at a very high level uh, was small. You know, it was a one year, two max. Now, in getting Tyree Irving and Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets made a statement not only to New York and the Knicks um, that they're here, but also the NBA that they were able to land two of the top players on the market and two of the top players in the game where, yes, Kevin Durant is going to be out likely all of this year, but next year, you know, with him returning, it gives them a chance to be a title contender. And I know that there are some people who, you know, they say, well, Durant, you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. And my rebuttal of that is you've got a guy who the Warriors wanted to offer a five-year max. Other teams were interested in. You take that risk. Uh, There is definitely – I don't think you've seen Brooklyn have a championship team like this since 1955 when the Dodgers and Major League Baseball were here. So definitely an incredible day that'll be one of the most remembered dates in the borough. Hmm. So you have uh, a couple of jazz guys who have some ties there, uh, and you have seen them play. Ed Davis comes in as a backup center. He's 6'10". Um, you know, when you look at his, his stats, you got to keep in mind he was playing about 18 minutes a game, uh, but he rebounded like crazy. And actually, the block shots weren't were decent considering how much he was uh, how much he was playing. But seeing him is different than looking at the stats. And people in Utah aren't watching that much Eastern Conference basketball, and they're certainly not seeing that much of the Nets. Uh, what does he bring? I, I say this um, as unbiased as possible. I love Ed Davis in every single way in terms of what he brings on the court and off the court. So on the court, Ed Davis was one of the top rebounders in terms of rebounding percentage offensively, defensively, and in total rebounding percentage last year. I think he was top three in in all three categories. But Ed, um, that's definitely his calling card. He's a rim-rolling, pick-and-roll guy. Um he, he's an excellent screen setter and gets guys open on the perimeter. Uh, you know, he did that very well for Joe Harris with Brooklyn, who was the league's top three-point shooter uh, this year. He does things that don't necessarily show up in a box score also. Um, 
a guy who more or less is a quiet guy, but when he speaks, uh, his words are revered throughout the locker room and he commands respect. Uh, great, great addition for Utah. And, you know, two years, roughly $10 million. I personally think that's a steal. And I'm happy for him that he's going to a team that is going to be in contention out in the West. And then you mentioned about Boyan Bogdanovich. You know, the biggest thing with Boyan, when he was in Brooklyn, he would always say, um, you know, in his accent, of course, confidence. You know, <laughs> confidence. Anytime this guy had confidence, he started to light up and shoot the ball well. I think last year you saw him take a step. It certainly helped that it was a contract year for him. But, you know, going to Utah with Quinn Snyder, I'm, I'm confident he'll put him in position to to succeed and and be able to get some spot-up shots and, I think that those were great moves. You mentioned Mike Conley. Uh, you know, Utah really has had a very nice summer so far and, and given them a chance to succeed in the West going into next season. Okay, so you know how it is. You know, you're in a local market, and especially, you know, this isn't a place that has all four. We don't, we don't have Major League Baseball. We don't have the NFL, you know. So the Jazz are really important. The college, local colleges are a big deal, but the Jazz are really important. And so local people say nice things, and people take it with a grain of salt, like, well, you're local guys. You probably want them to do well. It's, you know, your life is better when they win, which is all true. But now we've had multiple guys who work outside the market come in and say what you've said, and there's no ifs, there's no buts. It's really... The Jazz did it right. The Jazz made the right moves. Is there, I mean, I guess fans want to know, should I brace for something? Is there something we're not seeing here? Or is it really, these guys are that good and we should brace ourselves for a heck of a ride? I would say on paper, they made excellent moves. The variable that you never know as a, as a fan or a member of management for any team is how it's going to all collectively come together during training camp, chemistry, and then going into the season. Do you avoid injuries? But management did the best that they could to put the team in a position to succeed on paper. And, and as a fan, you know, as you as you asked me, that's all you can ask for. Um, you know, we, I have no reason to, to necessarily prop the Jazz up here. I, I genuinely just think that they made good moves. Um and, and as a Jazz fan, you should be happy. Any idea why Davis was available at two years and ten million? When he's ever, everything you say, I've read or heard from somebody else. So you didn't say anything new, and you even you even finished your answer on him by saying well, he he's a steal at two years and ten million. Uh, I I would say, yeah, I thought you know I thought he would get a little bit more money to be honest, um, but. That said, I think that his ideal role is as a a backup and one of the top backup centers in the league, and you know he'll go to Utah behind Rudy. In terms of the money, I'm not I'm not totally sure on that. You know, I there were other teams that were interested, but I think he wanted to go to a contender and you know continue to build off of what he had in Brooklyn. He he enjoys going to the playoffs. He views himself as a winning type of player, and it also gives him a shot where he can still get another decent-sized deal in a couple of seasons if it works out in Utah. 
Bogdanovich defensively, how how good was he when he was with the Nets? Uh, I would say that he improved in Indiana. He was not not considered a lockdown defender in Brooklyn. He had trouble um, with quicker wings and whatnot on the perimeter. Um, but you can scheme around that. And I think with Utah, especially with Rudy there um, and some of the other guys like Donovan Mitchell, it'll help him. But individually, you know, at best, average defender hmm. of course uh all of this uh takes place against the background of what the heck is Kawhi doing and is he going to build a super team with the lakers you got any insight any gut instinct anything you've heard you can pass along as everybody waits to find that out i would tell you that everybody in the east is kind of on pins and needles right now um i think there's going to be a quick domino effect if he goes to the lakers you may see danny green leave toronto as well um, and, and make a quick move in free agency. And if he does leave and, and vacates the East, great news for the Nets, the 76ers, and, and the other teams that are trying to claim the throne now in, in the East. If he goes to the Lakers and they have that three-headed monster of him, LeBron, Anthony Davis, that puts them – at the forefront of contention in the West, and I expect them to be able to land other free agents on the cheap to join them and try and compete for a title. Uh, if you're the Clippers and you don't get him, a little bit of a tough summer, no doubt about it. Um, they had high aspirations and thought that they can get Kawhi. And, you know, if you're Toronto, ultimately you can't, you can't say anything and get too mad about it because if he does leave, he brought you a championship, which you never had. Uh, it's almost similar to like when LeBron left Cleveland. Sure, they'd love to keep him, and I think if they did keep him, they'd be right back there in contention next year to to win the East. But um, he's he's earned the right to make whatever decision he wants and to be happy. And if it's returning close to home on the West Coast in LA, then he's earned it. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, Mike. Thanks for uh, joining us and filling us in on those guys. And those are uh, ringing endorsements. You just got jazz fans even more worked up. (laughs) My pleasure. Take care.